This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, you, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how it takes a village, how no one achieves success alone and how you might be able to make yours. This is episode four of a four-part series. So if you have not listened to episodes one, two, and three, please go back and listen because they really do build on top of each other. And we tap into things like the power of our intuition, how planning in 90-day seasons can make a huge impact in what you accomplish, and also how to make a plan each week when you're wearing so many hats. And this is piece number four, where again, we're going to talk about how it takes a village. And I'm going to start off with two women's words that have affected me greatly. The first one is Hillary Clinton. And here's a quote from her. 20 years ago, I wrote a book called It Takes a Village. And a lot of people looked at the title and asked, what the heck do you mean by that? This is what I mean. None of us can raise a family, build a business, heal a community, or lift a country totally alone. Again, that was Hillary Clinton. And I think it's really important that this is coming from somebody who in the media may have been portrayed a lot alone, which is, I think, how a lot of high-achieving women are portrayed. And this gives us a false sense of how women work. And so we're really going to look at that in this episode. All right. So the second woman who really influenced me, her words influenced me, they influenced me in a slightly different way because I worked with her words for many years. And that was Danielle Laporte. And I was reading one of her books probably about 14 years ago. So just a little bit predating the seven cup of coffee moment. And in her book, she simply asked the question, who can you call at midnight? Who can you call at midnight? Reading this so resonated, and it also made my heart sink at the time. I could literally not think of anyone besides my mom and my husband, who I could call at midnight. And I had this sinking feeling that they were not the people who Danielle was asking me to think about. And I remember... That really shifted my perception of who I wanted to become and the relationships that I really wanted to cultivate so that I could align myself with people who might pick up the phone at midnight and who I could pick up the phone for too. This was really important. And as I stepped into just probably months later, this huge life journey that started with those seven cups of coffee I really saw how the external world that we live in is stacked against our success. And so I have had found it just so important each step of the way to have some accountability. And that's really why Danielle wanted everyone who read her book to have those people that they could call at midnight. And I'm going to tell you a few stories in a minute. Actually, I'm going to tell you them now. So a couple things that have come up over the course of raising kids and 
really getting healthy and building a business and all the different things that have gone on in my life in the past 14 years. Or I guess I've been a mom for 18 now, which so it's been a bit longer. So some of these things I decided at the very beginning. But I've always been somebody who trusts my intuition. I didn't always know how to follow through on my intuition. And I didn't always know how to not make it all feel really hard when what my intuition was telling me was different than what those around me were doing. So a really good example of that in my life was when my son, who's now 18, was young, and his sister, my second child, is about two years younger. So I must have had the two of them. They, they must have been like two and four. I hadn't had the third yet. And it was coming up that people in preschool and in the neighborhood were doing things like playing Little League and taking art classes on the weekends. And this all sounded really amazing. But at the time, I was running this graphic design studio and life was just full. And I, I wanted to be with my kids. I wanted to like actually be with them. There was things I wanted to show them and do with them. And I wanted to spend time with my husband. And I was starting to get this inkling that I wanted to eat really well. And all of this took time and attention. And I made this choice that I didn't want to do those things on the weekends that repeated every weekend. The other thing that I had at the time and still have till shortly is that I have three brothers and no one had kids. So we were the only ones with kids. So I wanted to, I wanted my kids to visit where I, I'm from New Orleans. I wanted them to visit New Orleans. I wanted them to be able, I wanted us to be able to drive to see my parents. I wanted us to go on hikes that were an hour away. I had all these things I wanted to do. And I really felt like if I signed us up for all the things that you can do on a Saturday morning, we would never do those things. And that, that it would actually take my husband and I like out of being present and centered with our kids. And this went against a lot of what was happening around us. So it was hard. Luckily, in this case, I had my husband. Um, but eventually, I needed more. Another choice we made was we didn't want our kids to grow up watching television. We didn't want them to have media. At the time, computers, you know, 18 years ago, computers weren't as big of a thing. It wasn't like everybody had an iPad or a phone like now. There weren't smartphones yet. So it didn't start off about that, but it became about that. I didn't want my kids on media all the time. I remember when Felix was about two and we had like a, you know, big square television, like flat screens were just becoming a thing. And, and we were like, oh, that would be so nice. And at some point we bought one and we hung it on the wall and we thought if we put like a piece of fabric over it, that it would sort of be hidden. But the truth was that didn't help us. <laughs> so we returned it and we got rid of the big square one too. And we just decided to see what it would be like to live without that in our house. And it was totally fine. My husband and I really supported each other in both of these efforts. And, but we would go out and we would, you know, have, we had friends and TVs would go on. And it was interesting. After a while, it did start to feel more overwhelming than easeful for us, even though the outcome was so easeful because our kids could just play and, we didn't always have to have structured things for them. So there was all these wins. And by the way, when I'm sharing what I decided, this was my intuition telling me this is what I needed at that point in my life. I do not think everybody has to do this by any way, shape or form. It just had some specific outcomes in our life that led to certain things. But what I want to show here is how how the village really came in. So eventually when we were looking for kindergartens, I started to see how screens and more structure was really coming in. And I got really nervous about it. And that is what ended up leading us to the school we ended up sending our kids to, which literally part of the agreement was no television, no media, um, no extra things after school, just like let the kids be there while you're cooking dinner, let them be outside. And it was so helpful um, to have that 
support when we were having hard, when we were coming into some more challenging moments with family members and friends who we weren't going to ditch, but it, we needed that extra support. So that was super helpful. Then fast forward a little bit. Another moment that came up is when I decided to write my book, which had its own whole set of things. I needed to really have a structure and really learn how to do that, especially as somebody who never considered myself a writer. I went to art school. I'm mildly dyslexic and I never thought I could do anything like that. And I, I, because I had never thought that and I had said it out loud quite a lot, um, everyone around me reminded me that I wasn't a writer. So it was interesting how I needed to really cultivate um, a body of knowledge and a community and a village, so to speak. I'm going to get into what a village is in a minute, but I really needed to cult- cultivate that to be able to do that. And that very quickly led into this choice to take my three kids out of school for a year when they were in I think they were in second, fifth and seventh grade and go on this book tour. And again, I was hitting up against something that nobody in my family had ever done. My lineage had ever done. Um, I didn't know anyone who had done this yet. It felt so right and so aligned in my system. And the second that happens, I started hearing podcasts about people who were doing this. I started meeting people in real life who were doing this. I met other people who had even gone on book tours or taken their kids across the country for a year. And so it was really about coming into that decision, trusting my intuition, and then going through and making the plan, but then also finding this community, this accountability that was going to help me move forward. And again, this happened last year. So when one of my kids had a pretty real big, hard mental health crisis, and I had this intuitive hit that, that I wasn't supposed to like go check her in somewhere that we really could handle it at home. And this again, went against the grain of everything that I was learning and being told, um, as I was you know, going to the doctor and and doing all these, these actions that I, I knew I needed to take to help her. And so we made it work. And last year, I created the most intentional version of what I called my team at the time, I'm going to talk to you in a minute, because I feel like I, the dyslexic part of me that wrote the book, I'm always intertwining words, village, team, um, community, but I'm going to get really clear on what I mean by a village in a minute. Okay. Cause it's really specific. And again, all the things that I just shared and like hundreds of others in between have been these intuitive hits that went, they were a little different than the things that were happening around me. I'm sure you have these in your life. They're just different than mine. And you have this knowing that you're supposed to take this action but it feels hard and it feels a little bit lonely. All right. So first I want to go into what accountability is not, and then we're going to really dive into this concept of the village. So accountability does not mean that your spouse, your kids, or your best friend, or your parents, it doesn't mean that these people have your back or that they're constantly telling you you will succeed. In fact, Sometimes it's quite the opposite. Sometimes those that love us most get triggered the most into fear when we start to change. So just keep that in mind that we're going to get into how they are part of your village in a minute. But I think a lot of us come to hope and wish and really think that these people closest to us should be the ones who support us the most and very often That's not true or necessarily fair. And again, I'm going to keep going and talk about this in a minute. Accountability is really about you and me, each of us individually, taking the personal responsibility to show up to being the person that we are each called to be, and then finding the support to make that happen. Does that make sense? So the person that we're being called to be, that is that quiet voice that I called intuition in the first episode of this series. 
That is, or sometimes it's not a voice. Sometimes it's a feeling, just those quiet feelings of this is what's next. This is what's next. Okay. And we have to take personal responsibility for that because nobody else is. It's on us. We are the sovereign leaders of our own life. And it's also on us to find the support we need because we don't have to do it alone. And this is where I think a lot of us stop and it feels really hard because we're doing it alone. So again, it's not our loved one's job to hold our hands for everything. But it is hard to make big changes alone. And we've been conditioned to believe that somehow it's better or stronger to do these things alone. So what I want to do today is just totally unravel that and really look at a new way. I personally realize the hard way, like a couple, many fights, that my husband was not the one to talk business with. He's not an entrepreneur. He's an amazing technology guy who's been working in higher ed his entire career. And he loves it there. He loves the structure of it there. And so when his risk comfortable wife is telling him about what she wants to do, of course, he's going to lovingly be like, are you sure? And that's usually not what I need to hear in those moments when I'm trying to keep moving forward with what my intuition has, has guided me toward. Okay, I also had to learn the hard way that not all my friends wanted to talk about vegetables or parenting or not sending their kids to soccer. That was my choice. That was my intuitive hit. That's what made my life work in that moment. All right. That wasn't for everyone around me. And I think that's where, again, it's one of those sticky points that we can stop ourselves in our track and go more with what's happening around us instead of what we know to be true for us. Now, I also want to say that I have amazing friends and I have an amazing husband and both of them are amazing team members in certain situations, amazing village villagers, village people, whatever, however we want to talk about it. And again, I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. I know I'm throwing so many different words around and I always, it's funny because I always refer to my quote unquote village when I'm thinking about kids. And a lot of times when I'm talking about work or, you know, this community plan simple, I use the word community or team. Um, but in all of it, true accountability is just so much bigger than a word. So bear with me here because I really want to communicate that. So I'm always constructing accountability around different goals I have, different visions I have, sometimes different seasons need, because they have different goals, they need slightly different accountability and slightly different teams and communities are, you know, rallying around those goals for me to really feel supported. Um, and sometimes, you know, different goals, projects, need their own teams, systems, community in order to make them work. So one of the best things that I ever, ever did for myself was get really conscious about what we're now going to use the word village for. So again, I know that I probably in other episodes have used the word community, village, team, all the different things. But for right now, let's call it a village, because I know that everybody has different relationships with these words, whether you're talking about parenting or work, if you're in corporate, you have in a whole other um, relationship. And for me, it's just about something very specific. So we're going to go into it now. And we're going to call it the village. All right. So if we think about a village, like in real life, a village, not the one that you and I are created, but like, if you go visit a village, <laughs> it's made up of people, it's made up of systems and structures and, and places and tools. There's different areas of a village, right? Every village has a different vibe and different values. If you think of driving around Europe and you think of a, of a village you might 
come across. It's been there for hundreds, if not thousands of years. It has, um, you know, a lot of those older villages are made of stone and brick and very um, solid structures. They might have generations of people who've been there for a long time. If I, I'm thinking of a village in that I went to in France, and it's it's colder there, right? The climate is colder. And if you think of that compared to, let's move to a different continent, <laughs> let's move to um, a village in Africa, or in South America, where it's warmer, maybe we're thinking about a more um, migratory village. Is that the way you say that word? That might not be the way you say that word, but you know, a village that, that may have moved a little bit. Um, maybe the structures because of the climate and, um, because of the movement, maybe the structures are made of, of, they're not stone, right? They're sticks that they, they literally can move, but the values are, are, are their, are the values that they have. And, um, they're different than the ones of the other village and probably just as strong, right? So everyone is, everything is different. Nothing is better or worse. They're just different. And each of our villages is going to look different. So what I want to focus on in this episode is what a village could look like, our villages, the ones that we create kind of in our, in our life, in our mind's eye, on paper, um, so that we're not going at it alone. And I want to give you what it could look like. I want to give you some examples of my, in my own village creation work. And I want to give you a framework for building your own. Again, because we're going to really question this idea of needing to do this all alone. We, we come into this as entrepreneurs, right? It's at the beginning of entrepreneurship. We do everything for ourselves. We never ask for help. At the beginning of motherhood, we do the same thing. Sometimes all throughout motherhood, we do the same thing. We do the same thing around our house as women. If we're caring for parents, even if we have siblings, sometimes we do it. We very often just think it's easier or better or just more successful to do it all alone. And I really want us not to think that anymore. So here's what I think in my, my mind, a good village has the kind that you and I might, might build. This is what, this is what could be part of it. You don't need all these things, but I'm just going to give you some ideas. Okay. So again, it's important to know the values the structure, the rules, the goals of your village. This is always where I actually start with clients, whether that's in Flow 365 or privately. We're always looking at, 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 at our future selves, like what we have built and what are all the pieces of that? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Um, so that we have, so that we can understand how we're going to live into the different parts of it. We need some real people in our village, right? People like family and friends. And I'm going to go through different sets of people who might be part of your village, but let's start with the people who might not be perfect. This might have been my village before I had those who I would call it midnight. <laughs> um, but I saw them a little differently then I because I wanted them to be the people I could call it midnight and they weren't. So just know that in your village, you're going to have just the people who you meet, who you go out, who you encounter. They might even be family members. They might even be close friends who you went to high school or college or met at work, right? Like you might have some people in your village who you don't call at midnight and they're here because you have something to learn from them or maybe they become an important piece of a part of your village at some point, but let them be there. Don't fight that they're not doing their piece. So I think it's really important that our villages are inclusive of just the life that we're creating. And we'll go more into that in a minute because I have an exercise for especially those who are really close to us who don't feel like they're being supportive. You got to have some people in your village who truly see you. These are the Danielle Laporte peeps, the ones who she reminded me I needed. And these people, well... They take a little bit more effort maybe to find and to cultivate relationships with and 
um, to see that you need them in your village, that you are, you are who you surround yourself with. And so this is a strong group that stays close to you. Um, and that helps you to really live into what you decided again, are the values and the structure and the rules and the goals of your particular village. So it's important to start finding those people. I think it's really important to have some elders. I'll share a little bit about how this came into my village when I'm talking through some real samples. And I also think that sometimes we need to hire people to be part of our village. So whether that's a therapist or a coach or a home organizer or a nutritionist, it all depends on what we're building, right? And what are what what area we're, we're focused in. And I'll get into that in a minute. But we might need to hire someone to, to help us build our village. We might include systems that support our values and goals in our village. So these can be acquired through teachers, through actual people. They can be acquired through the hired professionals. But I also want you to be open that part of this village, part of the tools, part of the support can be a course or a book, which simply has information in it that you, you need to know in order to really live into this village. All right. And last, but absolutely not least, it's really important that you and your intuition are like the matriarch of this village. They're, they're, this is your village, and you're an important member of your village as the leader, okay? So those are just some of the ideas of what would be part of a village, and of course, you can think of others, I'm sure, as well. This is, these are just the pieces that have really become part of my village. So I also like to think of the fact that I divide my village into neighborhoods or areas. I think I'm going to call them areas for right now. So each one has some of the components that I just shared with you at varying degrees, depending really on when you ask me or as my, yeah, it's really depending on when you ask me and, and at different times, different areas of my quote unquote village or realm are more stable and, and some parts are just more fluid and some parts need more attention. So my goals end up really helping me understand how much attention different areas need. So the areas that I'm going to tell you about, surprise, surprise, are going to relate to the different areas that became flow, became the flow planning process. So flow stands for food and wellness is the F. The L is for lifestyle, which I consider family, home, relationships, motherhood, travel. That's all lifestyle. The O in flow is for OM, which I consider spirituality, self-care, quiet, religion. Um, and lastly, work, which in my world is really entrepreneurship. That's my work. Okay, so just to give you a few examples, I want to tell you a little bit about how these four areas sh have shown up in, in my world um, today. And actually, I'm going to use an example from the past as well. All right, so I'm totally not going in order, but that's okay. But it's just what I'm thinking of today. So let's look at my, my, my business area, the business area of my village. So my, me creating space to hear my intuition is like, so important for me um, in all areas. And I notice that business is actually where I fight that the most. And it's actually the most important. So that's like number one for me is me and my intuition. This is an important part of my, my village. Then in my business area, I also have my actual team, the team that helps me create all this and plan simple, right? So I have uh, I have people who help me with the podcast. I have a writer who helps me with show notes and emails. Um, I have assistants who help me with various social media tasks. I have teachers who are part of Flow 365 who come in and, and teach actually a lot of the spiritual parts. <laughs> so there, I have the team that makes up my my business, which is 
so fun and, and growing. And, and that's a very specific thing. And I, there might have been a time um, where I would have said, if you said you have a village for your business, I, I might have just considered it my team. So what I'm going to share with you now shows how that's just a, that's a piece of it. It's definitely an important piece and it's a piece of it. I have a business coach. So I have somebody for whom I don't have to lead alone, right? I have support in leadership who I can go to and helps me sort of bridge my, my intuitive hits to, you know, actually building a business. I have five, probably a few more, but definitely five amazing friends who I would 100% call it at one o'clock in the morning or 12 midnight if, if that's what needed to happen um, around business. Like they are my business, just best friends. We've grown businesses next to each other. Some of them I actually talk to on a weekly basis. Um, and it's just, it's super important that they're part of my life. I actually have a new friend who I talk to daily, which is an extra level of accountability. So it's really important that I just have friends that support who I want to be as a, as a business owner, as a moneymaker, as a woman. And yeah, so they're part of my, my village. Networking is another area of, um, or another piece, like we could call these like the, the little, if we're going with the village analogy and we're in a neighborhood or an area of the village, you know, these could each be a little home, but, but networking really helps me stay accountable to showing up to my business. Um, because again, it, it's people, it's structure, it's something to show up to. So it kind of has all the pieces in it. Um, so I, I told you I have five friends. Out of those, I have two colleagues who I check in with weekly. So I've already sort of shared that part. I have mindset practitioners. So again, I'm always trying to make sure that my mindset is as clean as it can be about what I really want um, around money, around just anything that comes up as a, a female business owner that really goes against what I came to believe as I was growing up, which, you know, we all come like get all these limiting beliefs, whether it's from movies or our families. Um, and I got a lot of them. So I always have mindset practitioners who I can lean on. And then in business, like growing a business, I find that I'm always reading and taking classes and just really trying to grow. And so classes and books are an important part. I think I have a library for sure in, the, in, in each of my neighborhoods. <laughs> um, and this is a really important part of, of, of the village is, is these tools um, that help support me and keep me accountable um, to the growth that my intuition has told me is possible. Okay, so then I have, I'm again going so out of order of flow because I just told you work. Maybe I'm going backwards. Let's see if it works out that way. But next what's coming up is I should tell you about my soul area. So this is this is Om um, and flow. And again, me and my intuition are right up there as, as part of this village, part of this area of my village. Um, I have a shaman who's actually also part of Flow 365. She's the shaman for Flow 365, which is super fun. I have definitely like books and podcasts and meditations. Um, and again, a whole library that really supports this area of my village and supports me and holds me accountable to showing up at the level that I want to. Again, different healers who come into my awareness. And I, I love working with real people. It's so fun that it's so fun in all these areas that I can have, that we all can have access to so many, you know, podcasts and books and courses, and all these things. And I still always want to make sure in my life that I'm balancing the people part. Um, what I think is really important about accountable about this idea that books and courses and all these tools can be part of the accountability piece is that 
I think a lot of us think that it has to be big and complicated and expensive to get support. And those things usually can be free or very inexpensive. I mean, Audible, like I feel like what we have access to on podcasts and, and Audible, it's, it's unbelievable. We can really have some of the best minds be part of our village <laughs> because we can hear them. We can hear them as we're walking, as we're doing groceries, as we're driving to go get the kids from school. There's so many opportunities um, to have these amazing people part of our village. Okay. I also have three to five amazing friends who are part of this, who have, let's say have homes in this soul area of my, of my village. And I just want to be clear, they are a different, they could overlap, but in my case, they happen to be different friends than are in my business area. So that's super, super important. They are different friends. Um, in the soul area, I also have a very important elder um, whose name is Syl. And actually, you have met her on the podcast. And if you stay tuned, listening forward, you'll hear a way that she could be your elder too in your community that's coming up soon. But she's been a really, really important um, checkpoint. And there is a difference between there is a difference between an elder and sort of more peer relationships. And um, I have found that really, really important as I lean into my best self each in each of these different areas. Okay, so I'm totally not going in, in order. So we did business, we did soul and what's coming up next for me is is food. Um, and I'll tell you why in a minute, because the lifestyle one, I want to give you two examples. So with food, um, at the moment, again, it's me and my intuition, probably like we're the most important part of the village area at this point of the food village part, because I've done a lot of work with others. So I've had a bigger area in years past, especially right after that seven cup of coffee moment. You know, at that point, I was really making a huge infrastructure around food. I had lots of teachers, lots of mentors. I needed lots of help at that time. And now I kind of like there's pieces of it I get. And so now it's 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 me. It's it's me being mindful. That would be my intuition. My family is an important part of the food team, my weekly plan. So plans can be a really important piece of of this of a village, right? So the plan helps you lay out what you need, what what's part of this area. And so my weekly food plan is is huge. That's that that holds me accountable. That's an important part of the village for me. Um, if we're talking people, you all know that I love, love, love Tess Masters, and she's become a really important part of the food area of my um, village in the past two years. And I share her work quite frequently because I think it's just so amazing. And it's helped me a lot with um, one of the other areas uh, or one of the other pieces of the food area, which is that the library at this point um, in the food area of my, my village is 100% about perimenopause and hormones and what on earth is happening in your mid 40s in your body. And Tess was a really important piece of figuring out the food component of that for me. So yeah, and then also part of I would say part of my food area is, you know, all the sources of food. So just, I spend time looking at farms and where I'm sourcing my food and the stores I want to go to. If we are eating out, I spend time looking for restaurants and places that really make sense in that area of my village. So I'm really always feeling supported no matter where I go. Does this make sense? So this is where this idea of village is bigger than just the people. It's about all the pieces that make up the different areas of your village. Does this make sense? All right, I hope so. So my lifestyle is a good example of how when we build up different pieces at different times, how things sort of shift. And this is really goes back to the idea that we talked about 
um, two episodes ago about how I hugely, hugely believe in 90 day seasons and 90 day goals. And because I just think that 90 days is such a more powerful way for women to think about what can get done than a whole year. So we may need different accountability within these different goals. Lifestyle happens to be a kind of big, big category. So there might need to be a different village focus at different times. So right now, in my lifestyle area, my team is actually kind of lean. It really is about my family. Well, because we've all been in a home together for two years now, (laughs) and not seeing all the people we normally see. Um, It's really my family. And we have some, some resources and people around the college process. So my oldest is applying to colleges. So I feel like you know, part of the village is like all the resources, all the time, all the research, all of that stuff. That's been an important part of our lifestyle for definitely this last 90 day season. We find out in this 90 day season that I'm recording this. Um, We also I've been thinking a lot about our house and our home and some renovations that we want to do. So I've been thinking about planning and the people we would need on board to, to pull that off. And then, of course, like everyone, you know, I've been home for some time now. And so I've been thinking about how to see family members and friends who aren't right here, aren't right near me. And I haven't spent as much time in the last two years that I usually do. So that that's bringing up a lot of travel thought. So, so my, 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 the, the lifestyle part of my village feels very different right now than it did last year. So last year, my, the, the lifestyle piece of my, my village was about it was really about mothering and I have three kids. It was really about mothering one of them as holy and um, lovingly. And so I just, it was just, I was all in on how to get this one kid healthy and, and happy and thriving again, because she was not thriving. And that is when I pretty much built the most purposeful, um, really strong, I didn't hold back part of my village that I think I've ever built. So I just want to say that because sometimes as we're thinking about, you know, all the pieces that go into really us having the, the, be feeling held, having the accountability that we need, or having the support we need to hold ourselves accountable, accountable is the way I prefer to say it. Um, sometimes it's easy to get wishy-washy. It's, it's easy to go back to like, no, I, I can do this myself. But I have to say in this moment last year, I knew I couldn't do it myself. I was very clear the way I wanted to do it. And I knew I needed support. So this is actually when I met the elder that's part of my village. So she does live in two different um, different areas at this point. Um, but she came in as, so maybe she, she, maybe she moved areas, but she came into, um, my lifestyle when I was thinking about mothering particular, and that's Syl. And she really helped me act as the, the village elder and, and had a lot of wisdom and a lot of ideas for how I could really build this village around this goal that we had to get my daughter thriving. And so we brought in a nutritionist, we brought in an acupuncturist, Um, my daughter had a therapist, we brought in our family. And I say this, um, because I know that most of you are like, of course, your family is like always in your village, but we really intentionally brought our family to this part of our village. And we were really clear about the values and the structure and the rules. And so one of the reasons I'm giving you this example is because we did this so intentionally and the results were so rapid that I, I'm tr- I myself am trying to really pull from this example right now in a different area of my life and actually in, in entrepreneurship um, because it was so intentional that I didn't question anything. And I was so present and we really did. It really did bend time. And all of the things that I'm sharing with you around 
intuition and how we plan and creating a village. Like the whole goal is that we have a an easeful, pleasant, magical relationship with time. So, so again, our family was part of it, but, but really intentionally and, and how they, how they were part of it. We also pulled in the elders in our family. And again, that that's an, I always find with family, especially when you're, you're talking about your parents um, or other elders around, um, you know, if, if you're, intuitively thinking you need to do something different. That's where boundaries really, really do have to come in. And so we were able to really bring those in and, and it really, it was amazing. They were, uh, everybody in our family was an amazing part of the village. All right. We had a dog. We had a dog in our village and there is some real therapy that happens with a dog. We got a new puppy. There were so many, the library was real, the library of books and, um, things I was listening to. It's funny, though, I'm going to say that the library was real and that I needed to be supported by understanding new things. And in this case, the library was actually smaller in size, but I like repeat listened to certain things. Whereas in business, the my library is like huge. Um, and I don't always repeat, listen to things. So I'm just, as I, I'm, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm really understanding that, that difference in this. We had, we pulled into our, our, this area of our village friends who had been in similar situations, um, just to get the knowledge of people who'd already been done what been through what we were going through. Um, also an important part of, um, this area of our village, and I'm going to go back to the village metaphor of buildings was was meditation. So like, you know, we had we had a meditation area, we had a meditation time, we had meditation space. Um, I found that what was most important, as I was in this goal of, of making helping my daughter thrive was I had to be as centered as possible as centered and present as possible. And meditation really helped with that. So that's just like, I'm I feel like now I feel like I'm probably missing people, but that team, that part of our village last year for the eight months that we were really on this goal um, was so intentional and that was so important, which is why I just wanted to share that piece with you. And now there are pieces of that, that area of our village that were so important that we've sort of reallocated or I've reallocated to other parts. So I told you that now, like, for example, Syl, the elder, I, I told you about her up in spirituality. Um, we had, you know, different, we brought our family in in a different way. And those members now, you know, are really helpful um, in other ways that maybe didn't exist so much before. So, and meditation has stayed and is, is definitely an important part of of lifestyle. So different parts have stayed and different parts have, have left the village. I guess I have a more migratory village. I don't know. So only you know what and who really needs to be part of your village. And again, I just want to emphasize the what and the who, because a village is made out of structures and people and systems and values and rules, all the parts you get to build it all. All right. And I do find that it's helpful. You don't have to use flow. You don't have to use those areas. But I do find it's helpful to think through the areas. As you're getting into this, especially if you're doing this alone, I would just look at the area that you pinpointed a 90-day goal in and just go with that. See if you can create some, some village around yourself and some support just based on, on that, on that goal. And sometimes to even simplify it even more, because I know that I just shared like a lot of different scenarios, and I'm actually going to share a few goals in a second with other scenarios. But if you consider this visual, so if you put your, your goal in a circle, and then below it, you create sort of a, a U, and the U is divided into three segments. So 
I like to think of the U as, and there'll, there'll be a picture of this in the show notes, but the U is kind of like the bowl or the container that's holding your goal, which is what accountability is, right? Accountability village. It's, it's the holding of, it's the holding so that we can move forward feeling secure, feeling safe. Because a lot of times when we're heading into new territory, fear kicks in and we don't feel safe. And so if you think of the goal in that circle, and then you think that there's this sort of bowl structure below it, and again, you can go see this in the show notes, and you divide that into three, you could just pick three ways that you're going to support that goal. So I'd write the goal in the circle that's in the being held. And then I would choose three ways. And the way that I would pick those three ways is I would pick one that's more tool based. So whether that's um, a system that you read about in a book or in a YouTube or you watch in a YouTube video or you take a course about, but something that's you don't need buy-in from a person on. It's just you can get this this system or person on your team sort of unknown to them. And then I would also choose somebody close to you who has some of the qualities that you're needing and and put them and ask ask them, right? Because this is you can't just put somebody on your team who doesn't want to be there, but ask them if they'd like to support you in this very specific way. So that gets you really being clear. And then the third one is who do you need to call in? Like who's somebody who this is their specialty um, or, you know, but they're outside of your inner circle. So they're, they're becoming like a new kind of advisor and they're not so close to you. Like this wouldn't be your best friend or your spouse. It would be somebody a little outside who has some perspective that is really helpful to have. Perspective support is really helpful to have. Okay. So trust yourself. Trust that life does not always have to fight your desires. Can I say that again? Trust that life does not always have to fight your desires because so often when we're playing that blame game of, you know, they always have this, I never have that, all the things, we're not fully leaning into our desires. You can become the sovereign leader of your village and you can fill your village with what you need to create the life that you're really wanting. That's what this is all about. So you might start by thinking about a goal that you're having trouble with, just because sometimes that's an easier way to accept the support. Eventually, every goal is going to have support, but sometimes we're more willing to receive support when we're having trouble with the goal. Or maybe you thought of something in the episode before when we were thinking of 90-day goals. So pick something and consider the area of your village that you could build to support that goal, right? So an area of a village can actually have more than one goal. Um, I do find that focus is helpful. And because we're working in these 90-day chunks, you know, the village keeps building, um, the village keeps growing, but I, I like to focus on one piece at a time. That's very helpful to me. So maybe you've been meaning to write a book. Maybe you might want a coach, a book coach. Maybe you need a method, right? So that could be a book or a YouTube video or a podcast episode that gives you a method for which you can write a, write a book. Actually, somebody who we're getting on the podcast soon it's really funny, but the way that I first came into her world was I heard her outline how, or I heard her talk in, in like 45 minutes, how you could in an hour create an outline for your, her, your book. And it was so impactful the way she shared it, that that's how I, that's how I started my book writing process. I went and I, I made this outline in an hour. I would have never have known that was possible before I heard her words. You could find a friend who also has similar goal or who has written a book or who writes or who's doing some sort of project that could use some regular check-in and you could check in with them weekly so that you have some, you're building some accountability into a habit of showing up to writing. You could join a writing group or go to a writing retreat. You could use the, the, the accountability that a plan creates and you could make a plan to finish the book, or you could make a declaration, a goal that you read each day, you could 
use meditation as a way to support you. See how they're like, it's endless, but pick three things. Please make one a real person and see if, if, see how you can be supported in your goal. And if you're writing a book, I just gave you a whole bunch of different examples that you could choose from. And again, you don't need to do them all. So another thing that comes up sometimes around Flow 365 is maybe you're meaning to clean out your garage or your kitchen or a specific room. So you may benefit from your partner being on your team if they're needing to clean out this area as much as you are. Your kids, neighborhood kids, a decluttering consult, a friend, a group that you're part of where other people are also decluttering. See, any of these different people or modalities could be part of your village that is going to hold you accountable to your desire to declutter your garage. Now, I just want to point this out. Again, I'm just assuming that you've listened to episode number one, and that we're at the point right now where we're operating from your intuition. So no one is telling you myself very much included that you should write a book or declutter any part of your house. But if that's what's coming up for you, then you get to create the support you need to make it happen. Does that make sense? Maybe you've been meaning to get healthy. So when you're getting healthy, sometimes it's helpful to have a method so that you have some steps to take that is, was very important to, to my health journey at, right after those seven cups of coffee. Um, you might need a nutritionist or a mindset coach or a gym or wouldn't it be nice to have a gym in your right in your village? Well, you do because you just make the, the because we're in, you know, we're on paper making our village and not actually building it up. You make the gym part of your village. A friend. Again, I've mentioned a friend in every category. Each of these friends is a di probably a different person. There's probably not one friend who makes sense to be your get healthy accountability buddy, your decluttering accountability buddy, and your write a book accountability buddy. Those are probably three different people, right? So same with healthy, also a group, it would be a different group, which you obviously know, then the writing group is going to be different than your, your fitness group or your group of people who's all trying to eat a different way. Right? Um, and again, a plan. So a plan, I think is always such a helpful tool to have to help you stay accountable, which is what we've been doing for a lot of these episodes. I personally love making a village map. So I can literally see the support around me. I would just take out a blank piece of paper. I would write my goal slash goals in, in circles and like make those, you know, town, you know, like little centers in, in, within the village. And then I would build around it and see how each of those goals can be really be supported. And it, mine would look kind of like a mind map, but I could see the goals and I could see all the support building around me. No matter who else is in my life, this will help me go toward these goals. Okay. By the way, we've also created a template for this in our course from overwhelmed to ease. It's in the course workbook. So you can totally do this on a scrap piece of paper. In fact, I kind of recommend that today. But if you want to head over and take that course, you can do that right on the plan simple website, and it is free. Um, and there's a whole workbook where you get taken through some specific exercises to help you go from overwhelmed to ease. So two things that might help if you're feeling any unworthiness come up around just even being able to ask for help, to receive help, to, um, I don't know, look outside of just your home for help. So here's, here's what's two things that have helped me. Because I know what might come up is that your spouse, your mom, your best friend may not have the seat at the table that you thought they would or that they thought they did. So another really helpful thing to do is make a list of those super important people this is a separate piece of paper and just make a list of what they're so great at so that when you go to build goals, you can like go back to that list and, and see who would be a really good fit. 
And the other thing that you can do right now just to make you feel so good is write that list and communicate it to those people just so that everybody feels the love. You feel the love because you're able to tell them what they're so great at. And, and, and it's just, it's a two way thing. And then as you're creating your, your village, if they're not part of it, it doesn't matter because you are, they already know what they're great at and what you're going to lean on them for. Okay, so the other thing is consider how you can be of service in other people's villages. So you have friends, you have friends who are entrepreneurs, or who have goals around their body or their home. So see how you can be part of their their village. Don't do this at the cost of your own village. That's really important. But think of like a real village think of or a real city, think of leaders, like they're always partnering and getting together and helping each other out. So leader to leader, village to village, (laughs) you can, you can be in somebody else's village as well as be building your own. All right. All right, that was a lot of info. You, though, I want you to know this are capable of great things. You're capable of amazing things. And if you've had a hard time creating the time for those amazing things, you might just be sick of going at it alone. As you should be. You weren't meant to do this alone. This idea of a village, a tribe, a loving community, supporting systems, all the words that I'm probably always intertwining, they're all supporting you to be your best self. And this idea is the basis for our program, Flow 365. So if you are curious about what it would be like to create your village and have some amazing instant supporting village mates like the Danielle Laporte quality type, if feedback on your goals or the obstacles that are coming up around your goals sounds like a huge relief that getting feedback would be such a huge relief, which happens when you have a coach and healers in your village. So if you can imagine being held not only by amazing, amazing people, not only by coaches and healers, but also by the support of a system that's made specifically for women wearing all the hats. This idea of a village, a tribe, a loving community, supporting systems, all supporting you to be your best self is the basis of our program Flow 365, which you might have heard me mention a few times in these last four episodes. If you are curious about what it would be like to create your village and have some amazing instant supporting village mates, like Danielle Laporte quality village mates, if feedback on a goal or an obstacle sounds like a huge relief, which is what happens when you have a coach and healers in your village. If you can imagine being held not only by amazing people, but also the support of a system made specifically for women wearing all the hats. If you've been wishing you could get to your next level to follow through in the most loving and easeful way on what your intuition is whispering to you, let's chat. I set aside a few hours every week to connect with women who are ready for their next customized doable change. So even if you're in the midst of a very full time, I prefer the word full to busy, but if you're in the midst of what feels like just chaotic or overwhelming, full, busy, and you're ready for something different, this still might be for you. This isn't for people who have it all together, though many people do get it that way quite quickly. It's really for you when you're in the middle of it all. And if this sounds like fun with a little twist of scary, I bet it's a great move. And by the way, I'm totally not scary. So that day that I drew the line in the sand and chose yoga instead of more coffee, 
I also introduced myself to the owner of the studio who had been teaching the yoga class. And this was like way, way out of my comfort zone. And it's also what led me to a way of eating that literally changed the trajectory of my life. So I really do believe in, in connecting and talking and talking things through. So head on over to plansimple.com slash talk to Mia. This, there's also a link in the show notes, but it's plansimple.com slash talk to Mia and find a time that works for you. There are half hour time slots and we'll just chat and hopefully I will give you some solutions that you can act on right away and we can also see if working together is the right next move. All right, no matter what, whether you end up connecting with me or not, please, 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 for the love of you and your family, please take the time to connect with your intuition to make a goal for this next season in your life, to start taking back control of your days and create your village so that you're supported in doing all of this. All right? You truly deserve the most amazing life. And guess what? You've got this. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart and have a great day. 